because I'm an adult child. Um, oh, I had a call earlier with a fellow in ACA and if I'm really honest, I said what I don't know what message I'm gonna share because I just don't feel I never I never want to use the word recovered, but like I just was like I don't know what I'm gonna share about. I just feel all over the place. And he said something really interesting and he was like, when I listen to people sharing, what I find really helpful is vulnerability. And I was like, well I'm certainly vulnerable, so that's what I can share on. Um, I always like to talk about some form of literature um, and today's daily affirmations strengthening my recovery on the ACA website is called Progress. And it says to make progress, we must want the ACA way of life and all that it has to offer. And then it talks about, you know, our connection to a higher power and committing to the program and then at the end, it says, on this day, I will reevaluate my commitment to how I work the program because I know it works for me when I work it and I'm worth it. And I really needed to hear that today because I've been clean and sober for six years and I found ACA just over a year ago and I've been working the program for just under a year um but been coming to meetings for yeah like like just over a year so um and when I think back to the person that came into ACA and the person I am now there is massive progress and it is all based on letting go of my preconception of what a re what a recovery program looks like how I should work it you know the ideas of perfection and um, maybe my concept of a higher power changes or has changed in this this program um, and shedding all the shame you know in, in my first program it talks about shame guilt and remorse and I certainly held on to that but for not reason, not the, the, they weren't because of drinking and using. They were because of my emotional well-being and my um, emotional stability. And I'm not really going to talk a lot about you know my drinking and using. But what I will say is, I struggled coming into ACA because I felt like. I didn't have alcoholic parents. However, I did have a very dysfunctional upbringing and um, home life. And because there wasn't the visuals of alcoholism, then it was like, oh, maybe I don't belong here. But I knew in recovery that I was constantly searching for somewhere that would help me with my emotional state and I didn't find it in my first program and that's not knocking um you know any drink and drug fellowship because it got me clean and sober and I'm so grateful for that but I personally found and I can only speak for myself not for anyone else in recovery but I personally found that it dealt with putting down the drink and the drugs but I needed more um around the emotional um side of things because i was so broken 
And I remember being in a meeting and, and saying, when, when do the promises happen? And at the time I was like three and a half to four years sober. And I was like, when, when do they happen? And I was so frustrated. And I remember a sponsor being like, yeah, but you're, you're sober. Can't you relate it to that? And I was like, but there's something else. And I tried going to CODA on and off for about four years. And I'd been really struggling with it. And then I essentially, I had a breakdown. So I was coming up to five years sober and I had a breakdown and it was the catalyst was, and I've shared this in this meeting before, but the catalyst was a friendship and how the person that I was best friends with had been in recovery. I'd met her in recovery and she'd left and started drinking. We'd found, we'd made friends with a group and there was clearly a lot of dysfunction, alcoholism, addiction, eating disorders and we'd gone on holiday and it had been a nightmare and I'd nearly come home after the first night out and really I kicked myself for going because essentially I went away with <laughs> you know seven other girls and I was the only one sober but it wasn't like a oh let's have you know a glass of wine and enjoy our night it was like let's bring a dealer back to our villa and you know bring strangers back who essentially steal money and steal clothes so there was a lot of like everyone gravitating towards that addiction to excitement that it talks about in ACA. Um, and we'd come back and, and, and essentially we'd had a conversation and I tried to set a boundary and said, you know, something that had happened had, had upset me a lot. And I really struggled to ask for my needs to be met because of my codependence. And essentially she then ghosted me for like three weeks and it sent me into a place of, if I'm really honest I don't want to trigger anyone by saying this but I was suicidal and I got signed off work and the same day I caught COVID so my higher power definitely wanted me to just stop and rest and I went to see a psychiatrist and he said to me you have childhood trauma that you didn't know was there and I said I just feel so angry and he said I can see it coming off of your body um sorry someone isn't muted um just if you could mute that would be amazing sorry thank you um yeah and he said I can see the heat coming off of your body and you know if you don't look at this childhood trauma you will either relapse and overdose or you'll find a way to die essentially and the fact that a psychiatrist actually said those words rather than sugarcoating anything and just trying to be like he was very blunt about it and I was just like shit I'm five years sober what's going on here and then I came to ACA and you know looked at the laundry list and looked at where you know I was constantly afraid of authoritative figures and couldn't ask for my needs to be met would rather put your needs in in front of my own you know got into when I looked back over my life I consistently surrounded myself with people who were like my family of origin and they are emotionally unavailable walk out of rooms rather than have a conversation you know 
don't talk to you for months on end because you tried to set a boundary. There wasn't any room for um, a mistake or, uh, you know, growth in terms of like, you know, experimentation. When I looked also back at, you know, when it talks about the, the roles that we play and essentially not only did I just not have, I, I didn't just have one role, I was essentially all of them. So I was my mum's, you know, um, I keep saying, you know, I apologise. <laughs> I was essentially my mum's surrogate spouse. I was the caregiver. I was the person that that saved my dad in times of, of monetary turmoil. Um, my sister had become estranged from the family when I was 16, 15 or 16. And I then had all of the attention that in to the point of it being like, I had to be perfect. I got diagnosed with depression in my early twenties and I was told, oh, you don't have depression, your sister does. I wasn't allowed, you know, I wasn't allowed to have any problems. I had to be perfect. There was never any like, um, there was ne there was never any kind of like um space for me to go with a problem and just talk about my feelings and be seen heard encouraged everything was like just get on with it that was my mum's favorite saying just get on with it that's what life's like so i couldn't ever go with any problem whatsoever and I look back and I can see why I drank and used because I felt so desperate in the home without a voice that then outside of the home, I really needed to kind of like rebel. And then I also realized that I'd spent my life desperately seeking love from people, hence the codependence, because I would always go to the wrong people because that's what we do. We gravitate towards the people that we've always known. And a therapist has said to me before, you know, uh, the being comfortable is usually in the unsafety because we're so used to it and going out of our comfort zone feels unsafe because it's it's not the norm for us so getting myself into dangerous situations being around the wrong people and i'm not saying that everyone's terrible they're not but if you are you know as an adult child i just thought that I wasn't worth loving, I wasn't worth, you know, any form of of a mutually fulfilling relationship, relationship, whether that's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a working relationship, a housemate. And working through the ACA program has just shown me how how much despair I was in and how much I consistently abandoned myself and a beautiful thing with the ACA program is learning not only to I don't want to say like just love yourself because it's not just about that but it's that reparenting of, of, of building a relationship with our inner children and you know my I have a five-year-old and a 15-year-old and the 15-year-old learned to be good and perfect and fall in line and say whatever you wanted because then you might love me. 
but the five-year-old was extremely angry. And then it makes me question, like, why did no one ever question why I was so angry as a small child? There was no, it was like, oh, you had a temper. You know, there was always ridicule. There was always put downs, but not in a, in a, we're all going to laugh together and it's encouraging. It was more like beat me while I'm down. So I did some childhood trauma therapy just before I started working the the program. And what came out of that was severe emotional neglect. And I just decided that instead of staying in those relationships with my family that made me feel suicidal, which the Christmas before had done, and I'd been in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom, just sobbing because my mum had screamed at me yet again because I didn't give her the answer she wanted because nothing was ever good enough. And that might be her trauma, but it's not my job at the same time to heal her trauma. That's her responsibility. And it is my responsibility to heal my trauma. So I cut contact with them and it's been about 13 months since I've spoken to them, but the official cutting of contact was on the 10th of March. So it's coming up to a year and there's been a lot of like toing and froing around how emotional it's made me and like, but I know in my heart that it was the right decision. And um, just to, with my one minute left, just to get really current, you know, I've, I've been going for some some job interviews. I've been really isolated in the last year and a half and I'm, I've just decided that I just really want to get back out there, but like tentatively. And as I'm going for this interview for this role, I'm watching myself abandon myself so much in the need to please them. And they asked me to do a proposal and a client proposal. And I spent yesterday nine hours up until gone midnight, even though I knew I didn't think it, that, that it, I was right to work there, that I didn't potentially want the role, but I still spent nine hours and then this, couldn't sleep properly, woke up this morning early, got back on the deck and was like desperately trying to make it right. And it's like my body had been going through the motions for a week and showing me that it wasn't right and that I needed to listen. It just kept showing me, kept showing me until I listened and I said no to the role. And since then, I feel a lot better. So our body knows there's, you know, our body knows when we're, when something's not right. And, and, and the journey of ACA is showing me to constantly look within and find out what's going on if I'm in turmoil. So I hope that's been helpful. I feel like I've rambled, but thank you so much. <laughs>